Being the Ricardos? Being the Ricardos. I'm calling it I Love Lucy, but I understand that the movie is called Being the Ricardos. I know. It doesn't roll off the tongue. It doesn't. No. It's a good name, but it doesn't roll off the tongue. No. 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 Uh, This is kind of a flyer because... I randomly watched it, and then you randomly watched it, and they were like, this is kind of good. It is kind of good. And you're not an Aaron Sorkin person, right? You're not a Wes Winger or... I... Oh, well, I'm not an... I'm not an Aaron Sorkin devotee. I don't... I won't do anything that he does just because he's done it. But I do love his stuff. I mean, I... Yeah, he's done so many good things. It's hard not to. And he's just really... He's really special like really brilliant really specific voice and point of view and he's no matter what he does where it's set how it is it always feels like something that Aaron Sorkin's yes. doing and so how mm-hmm. can you I, mean, you I know really argue with that right? and his dialogue it's always so quick and I I love I, I, I yes. think that's like a signature of his he packs so much in totally although this one didn't quite have that just not I think it didn't really lend itself to it right yeah. yeah yeah not because it was lacking but just because it wasn't quite the same situation right I, that's how I felt yeah this one we're not doing in a, a regular episode because there's really no right. The writer and director is both uh, Aaron Sorkin, as we've been discussing. But I did discover a little nugget of joy behind this one, which is the other executive producer, Jenna Block. Have you heard about mm-hmm. her? Yeah. So no. Uh, um, gosh, who the exact one of the executive producers, uh, uh, Toby Black, something Black. Um, was trying to get this, get the life rights of Lucy and Desi for a long time. The estate was not ready to sell yet. So he was kind of holding his horses. And then he says, or an article I read said, Jenna Block kind of came into his door and raised the stakes for everything because she had written her Wellesley College senior thesis on Lucille Ball's film career. And as much as Black wanted the life rights... He wasn't really that. He just thought it would be a good idea and, and interesting people. And he didn't really know that much. And he certainly didn't know about Lucille Ball's whole career. And Jenna Block came in and really dazzled him with stories. And and he was like, uh, the, uh, just up the stakes even more. Like this is, he was like, this is this is what I, the story I need to tell. So, and she was instrumental in, in getting this all done. Oh, I did not know that. When you were going to mention someone else, I thought you were going to mention their daughter, Lucy and Desi's daughter, yes. as an executive producer. She was obviously instrumental in making that part of it happen, but it was Jenna Block's uh, thesis at Wellesley. Um, oh, wow. And her interest in Lucille Ball herself. Yes. Oh, Leo, I oh, might Leo. add. Yes. Yes. Of Just course. I'd throw and that I in love there. that line. Uh, her hair is is brown but her soul is fire yes yes is on fire yes exactly so we do kind of have a woman behind this story but in any event you know we get around whatever we need to get around but well we get around it too Mm. because the story itself is of is Lucille Ball is just an absolute baller, which I think is what we both took away from this, regardless of who wrote or directed this. This is a complicated woman, a baller, a woman ahead of her time, Mm -hmm. a visionary, literally, 
yeah. <laughs> I mean, could see things. So I think that was truly, that's how we got around it, which is it was screaming in what, our face. A woman. Like, yeah, we need to talk about Lucille Ball. About. Yeah. And, and you know me, the most interesting part for me was not just her and what a, all of those things she was, a, a visionary and, a, and really ahead of her time and just so complicated. But the, the relationship aspect of it really, really yeah, spoke to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought that that would, yes. the partnership and who gets to be in the spotlight when oh, and how do you navigate that? that? I'm like, oh, Corinne's going to love that me. part. I know. That's, that's well, yes. it's being the Ricardos. I mean, we joke about the title a little, but it that is what the story, I think, is at its heart about these two and them being yeah. in that relationship, in that marriage, in this this union that then produced this TV show, but it's really, yeah, about being how, what it was mm. like for those two together as well. So I thought that truly was, was the heart of it. it was a twisty ride um, for me. And I'm not even sure how I felt at the end. It was, I, it was very complicated. I know. I know. Well, it's quite a week for them. <laughs> yes. I mean, it's just, yes. it, there's a lot well, happening so, in one week. So to be clear, I mean, these things all did happen to Lucy and Desi, but not on the same week. Yes. Mm-hmm. The movie did take... Yes. Exactly. That's where the dramatic exactly. license comes in. Yes. So they did, yes, fight to incorporate her pregnancy into the series. She did fend off accusations of being a communist. You know, they did fight these rumors of his infidelity. They yes. did get divorced. I mean, all of this not did happen, but certainly not it worked one week. it but worked you needed to, up the the stakes. to watching it i mean it was yes. every little bit the fact that the the main the plot line that started it and ended it was the communist thing that throughout the whole thing she was kind of like eh, whatever i'm not even worried about that don't worry about it so where right yeah, right yeah now i have to ask hold on this is i know we're going to say where to start but did you I watch did i love I lucy growing nothing. up That's what I wanted to know. Nothing. So I did, and I, when I started watching this, I was like, why, why did I watch so much I Love Lucy? I'm not, I mean, I know it was on for years and years after it aired, of course, in reruns, but still, I'm a child of the 80s. This was on in the mid 1950s. I actually had to check because I felt like I knew certainly that it was not on. contemporaneously with my childhood but I felt like having watched it so much like how much earlier was it and it's that's a long time I mean for me of a child of the 80s who's watching the Smurfs to also be watching I Love Lucy and I read an article with Nicole Kidman and she said the same thing that for her like reruns of it were like always part Mm. of like a hazy background element of her childhood that's how I feel um, but, you know, she said, honestly, you know, she leaned more towards Bewitched or the Brady Bunch, which sort of the same for me, too. But I do remember watching it so much. And I don't I really don't know why, like I said, but I guess it was that. Yeah, and there wasn't a lot even... of I mean, we didn't have the TV options then. that that we do now. No, so, of course not. As kids. So I guess that was anything that was on was was a possibility. Right. It was all you had. It's true. It's true, but it's also funny that I would have even yeah. liked it if you think about it. 
the content and what it what it was mm-hmm. and it was black and white and I don't know but she was so funny I remember that yeah. just the physical comedy and yeah, My experience just... of I Love Lucy is one step removed, which is through Julia Roberts in Pretty Woman watching. And that was pretty much my, <laughs> the extent of my like familiarity with I Love Lucy. Yeah, and Nicole Kidman playing her was amazing. I thought she will we'll obviously talk about that. But she also in this article was saying, you know, she never oh. does comedy. Right. Ever. I mean, Nicole Kidman is not a comedic actress. No one thinks of her for comedy. She said she doesn't even, frankly, right. think of herself as able to do that. Right. She's like, funny is hard. It's really hard. And it's not a genre that comes easy to her. So she doesn't get really any acting opportunities in it. She's like, I just don't get cast in them. She's like, maybe it's just, you know, typecasting or maybe it's my personality. But so she really had to be convinced to do this and she was not the first choice of a little casting what if so it was supposed to be Kate Blanchett mm. who was attached to do it but by the time Aaron Sorkin became involved and it was like set up she was no longer available and then there was all this backlash online that, but I wasn't sure what people the backlash who, yeah the backlash was that they thought a lot of people wanted it to go to Deborah Messing who I guess on Will and Grace had even like played Lucille mm. Ball like you know, she's like, but still, I don't know. But then Nicole was sort of like, really, me? Yeah. I, I, like, I'm not funny. <laughs> like, I don't know what you, you know, even though she's obviously an amazing and actress. Nicole but really um, was dramatic. I mean, Lucy was yes, a comedic genius, yeah. but the role, this particular role was really a dramatic role. Well, and that's what she said. The more she reflected on the screenplay, Nicole Kidman said, and, and the more she learned about Lucille Ball's life, she said the more she saw a multifaceted woman who gave her many emotions to play. And then right. she was like, okay, I get this. Like, I, as long, she said, the minute I thought about it as playing Lucille Ball, yes. not Lucy, oh, I, love I could, I knew I could do this. And that makes so much sense to me because Lucille Ball, the woman, that we learn about in here, yeah, it's She's actually so much more than just a funny. Yeah, woman. it's not yeah. really about being funny, yeah. exactly. So I, I yeah, thought that, that was is interesting. interesting. And how about Javier Bardem? Oh my gosh, oh, he is so, so charismatic. Charming. He just like yes, he oh my really gosh. lights up the screen. Those the mm-hmm. scene in the club when he's singing. Yeah. Oh my god, I'm like <laughs> dancing along, moving my hips. I'm like, go, Javier. Oh, yeah, I know it was really so good. good. He's I good. Just, I could listen to him speak forever. It's just I don't know why. I love it, love it. Mm. So that that ca- I thought the casting was fantastic. I was very captivated. They were m- movie stars for sure, right? Like. I just wanted to watch everything they were doing. I was I was captivated from the very start. And what do you think about the kind of the fake documentary style? I I had yeah, a question about that I was going to ask you that sure too. It was necessary. I thought I wasn't into it. It's getting that part's getting heavily criticized to the extent things are being criticized. That's one of it. Just thought, it, and I agree. It was not really necessary. First of all, I didn't know who other than. Obviously, Madeline, the one female writer, I knew who her later in life person was doing. But the other ones, I didn't know who to link right. it back to. Yes. 
Do you know what I mean? They're supposed to be, it was not readily apparent. And then I was like, well, I guess it doesn't really matter. But I don't think I needed them and their little color commentary throughout. Um, Some people said it was confusing and unnecessary. I mean, I, I didn't. It didn't bother me. I was just sort of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The okay, one let's, let's bit I on. did love um, that I did not know and wasn't, you know, sadly not that aware of was uh, in the very beginning when they were like, oh, you know, a great show, a really good show today pulls down maybe 10 million viewers, yeah. but far less than that, really. Mm-hmm. And to think then that, I Love Lucy was pulling down 60 million. Yeah. 60. Yeah. That and that, blew my mind. that piece of information just, I don't know, it really set the context of the stakes, how much pressure everyone would be feeling. And I appreciated that a lot. And I don't know how else you would have gotten that in. That's true. And also it sure. helps with how much power they have. So with these various Good junctures point. where they have to go up against you know, Philip Morris and the producers, they're like, I mean, at that one point where she's like, well, we could just, we'll just not work yeah. the rest of the year. Then you still got to pay our contract. But yeah. guess what? Like, we're your marquee yeah. show. Don't so, you know, yeah. that's where they had no, all the juice. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. The power that they had, the things that they said and, and the ways they said them in these meetings, you couldn't, you couldn't get away with that. Yeah. But then when you see in that one flashback, how the, the mm-hmm. show even started and yeah. how she had those balls then though i mean even before right. i get it once you have 60 million viewers you can go into any meeting and be like i want to do this or that but you see that she was basically had that gravitas and that you take it I or know, leave it but this is what i want to yeah, do and i want desi to be in my show then you don't have anything to lose yeah right? that's true when you got nothing all, to lose you're right so that's true that's true. That's true. Except she had a chance to be on TV. And yeah, just, except you know, she didn't really even know no that. And she was like, you guys got to figure out a way to televise she or, hadn't or been on radio yet. for... <laughs> They're like, um, we have. It's called TV. <laughs> yeah, we have. It's called TV. Exactly. That's true. That's probably a little easier to have that kind of yeah. chutzpah when you don't know exactly. yeah, what you don't know even yet. It yeah, it's true. So, but man, those scenes were so fun to watch. And I don't know. I loved the way they it, it was like one after the other with him with the pregnancy and her with in that flashback saying Desi's gonna be my husband and and also uh, you know with the table and those I mean just the conflict was so fascinating and so like on the edge of my seat I loved watching that yeah and I, the thing about with the pregnancy, I, I'm, I was stunned. I yeah. was really shocked. I mean, I, I, I sh- guess I should have known that maybe it was like that on TV in the 1950s. Like you couldn't that say the shocking. word pregnant. I didn't know. Totally shocking to me. I mean, and then those guys going, but but then viewers will wonder how she got yeah. that way. Ooh, and then and then being. Well, they sleep in separate beds. And when he said that, I now, because I did watch the show growing up, I was like, oh, my God, they did. And what is up with that? It is just so crazy. But, you know, the whole just carry the basket of laundry. I mean, point is, I guess, you know, it wasn't that long ago that 
we were not allowing women to even it's, be pregnant. I, I just, TV. I can't get my head around it. I really can't. I mean, I remember like Jenny Garth on 90210 was pregnant, but it just didn't suit her character. She was in high school. The whole thing was awkward. Or I think maybe by then they were in college, but that was not for societal reasons. That was for like disconnect between the character and the actor playing it and trying to accommodate both things. This idea that you couldn't have a character who was married who would normally be having a child possibly with her husband and that that was not okay to show is so bizarre. I really, I thought that was really well illustrated, but also so incredibly bizarre. Yes. Yes. Right. Oh, but yeah. But factually accurate. I mean, that, that, yeah, I mean, they really did have to fight for this. And then I think I read that she, they basically scheduled it so that her C-section was like the day after the episode aired of her having the baby. It was like it was happening simultaneously. (laughs) They were documenting that, which I guess was the first of its kind. Oh, boy. Yeah. So that stuff was kind of interesting. And that, the the historical context was, was interesting. But then there was also something sort of freeing about it in the context of a, a man and a woman and a relationship and what is okay and what is not okay, you know, besides the studio guidelines, just their dynamic. And, you know, they could have so easily been pigeonholed of like, this is, this is what a woman does. This is what a man does. And they were so far ahead of our time, ahead of their time, both of them in real life. But then mm-hmm. also still trapped in something else I don't, what did you think of the dynamic mm-hmm. between between them, Lucy and Desi? Oh, I'm not going to use a word, but it was very complicated. I mean, yeah. it really was because they were absolutely, I think, ahead of their time in in terms of the way the male and female or husband and wife roles of that time. Uh, he was clearly very supportive yeah. of her career there was absolutely no thought there was that one time early on when she got the the mm-hmm. movie star role uh, and he said well but i thought you were going to go on tour with me or whatever and uh, you know but he yeah. pushed back a little but you know that well, was it or when they would meet up yeah they did and you're right it was only eight weekend. weeks or whatever yeah. and then you come right or when you saw early on when he was working in the nightclub mm-hmm. and they'd meet up in Mulholland mm-hmm. and they had one hour together and she's complaining this isn't going to work. And he says, well, are mm-hmm. you going to stop being a movie star? No. Yeah. Okay. Well, then this is what we're going to do. I mean, so, you know, and he is fiercely loyal and protective of her <laughs> yet is obviously, mm-hmm. you know, betraying her. And but it's, it was very, very it complicated. It was very complicated. At the end, my husband was like, that's just something you don't see a lot of. And I guess yeah. I agree when I think about it. But for me, it was such a familiar thing. And I- I've talked mm-hmm. about it just generally growing up in yeah. two, both sides of my family, different different cultures, but, but both culturally matriarchal families. But when you, even when you grow up in a matriarchal family, 
or a family that has matriarchal values, we still live in a patriarchy. And that is never taken away. Mm -hmm. And I've always had those weird things that I hadn't thought about until I watched this movie. You know, the way, like, the women always ran the show and they were the loud ones and they were the bossy ones and the, and the domineering ones. But then there was always little things like, you know, my whoever would sit at, the, always a male at the head of the table. No matter whose table it was, no matter mm-hmm. what the, the situation was, always the man at the head of the table. There were always different rules for my brother and I. You know, there was just, there yeah. was something like this underlying, well, he's the man. And that's something, it, it, mm-hmm. it was never a limitation. I, I never felt it was a limitation. But it was always, there is a difference. There's a difference between the man and the woman. And Mm -hmm. maybe if I really thought about it, it's something more along the lines of like the male ego is is more fragile and and you have to be able to manage it. Now, I don't know if that's, I don't agree with that, but it was the underlying tone behind everything. And yet for me growing up, especially all I saw was all these strong women and they were the ones making real, making the real choices. Didn't matter I don't know. It wasn't about money or whatever it was or who worked outside of the home or worked in the home or what, what have you. It wasn't those kind of positions. It was the power was always with the women as far as I saw. But now that I'm older, I'm a little bit more nuanced. I can see it as something a little more nuanced. I'm like, there was definitely some kind of kowtowing to the male, the patriarchy part of it. And it's very mm-hmm. difficult. It's very complicated. And it's hard to parse apart. It really is. Like what goes on mm-hmm. and what goes wrong and what do you have to do? Because like you said, you know, this is the good thing about a man. And my husband is not from a, a culturally someone like that. But my but his mother is a very strong and independent woman. And he was raised to not be fearful of or intimidated by or squashed in any way by a strong woman who leads the way but I don't know it's not that simple it's not as simple as just don't be intimidated by it because I think it's a I think it really boils down to if the education is there that you know the difference that it it can be this way I think it comes down to maybe it's just a human thing that everybody needs to feel like they have some power and equality and a say in things. Yeah. I think that's it. And I think that scene where Fred, the actor who plays Fred, takes uh, Lucille to the bar and they have this conversation about, uh, you know, the he about how desi loves america but that doesn't mean he's not cuban and he's a very narrow definition of manhood the man is the man the women are happy but he says he's mesmerized by you lucille and he misses you when you're not around and he he has to spend time away from you so he can feel like he's not second banana and she's like i know i know i like navigate Mm -hmm. male egos for a living But he says, then why are you running the set? Why are you running rehearsals right in front of him? You know, you did it right in front of Desi. And she, her response is like, what are you talking about? He, he runs the show. Like every creative decision, every business decision goes through him. He's camera ready on Monday. It takes me five days to get it right. You know, she immediately starts defending him. And 
And he's like, how many people know that? And she has to think about it. And, you know, I think she takes it for granted that he does treat her as an equal. He does, you know, every one of those meetings with all those yeah, executives, yeah. they're there together, you know, and that says something very yeah. significant, again, given the time. And she is the one giving all those stage directions. She's basically telling everyone what to do all the time. And yet if you ask her, she's like, right. what do you mean? He's Desi's in one, charge. Man. Desi makes all the decisions. Yeah, but I think everyone, like you said, just what what fred the actor was trying to tell her was like maybe sometimes yeah. like he just needs to know that too or it, it's important that you maybe acknowledge that in front of other people there's just this yeah. like delicate balance yeah. because she knows it she she that was her first reaction and that's why then you know yeah she tries to get him that ep credit that became important to her right. he didn't care i don't think he didn't seem to but then she help. felt like yeah. that was the thing she could do yeah, to show him. And it it was very yeah. interesting, I thought, yes, to see how they navigate this. Because it's hard with two people in particular who and are obviously in the both and, very good at what they do, very you know, it's not, not neither yeah. one of them and also neither one of them is a shrinking violet, right? There's that is clear. Right. Yeah. A lot of passion and there. A lot of power. fire. A lot of, yes. yeah. I think I'm yeah. right. And they both yep. hold their own. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It's it's a hard, it's a really hard thing. I wondered if, you know, like in 2021, are these two, do these two make it? Well, well, I would say is this whole in 2022 I feel like this dynamic they're portraying is so relevant and so timely this kind of dynamic that the fact that again this was happening in the 1950s I feel like we don't even see this kind of representation Mm -hmm. of the balance you know in a couple in a movie that often and we're talking about it from 19 they were in mid 50s Uh, so and but this is what's it happening, is. I guess. I think I'm in different ways. Yeah, in everyday it life, to be it's a, just a, it's a constant yeah. negotiation. But you're right. I don't think we see it as much. And I wonder. I, I feel like we wouldn't see it with this kind of empathy, if that's the right word. I. I you know, you could see it now and then you see it as like the slow red flags to why she has to leave him, you know, or you see it of, you know, you can see it mm-hmm. in ways that don't end so balanced or don't present so balanced in such a balanced way because they are both clearly the bosses here, right? And, you know, like uh, I'm thinking yes. of, oh gosh, what was our, uh, always be my maybe, Right, that one, Marcus was always going to be mm-hmm. clearly the supportive role. And look, if it works for somebody mm-hmm. to be in the supportive role, and you have a star to support, by all like those two, by all means, that's a great dynamic. Yeah, but yeah there was, that's and that's mm-hmm. why I think in my crystal ball, I had him kind of rising to the top, right, in a different way. Yes, yeah. <laughs> with his band exactly. going and doing stadium but, tours. I, I do think it's hard to find something this because it's hard to maintain. I think it's hard to maintain this kind of we've talked about it a little bit with pink and some, you know, some celebrities, yeah. maybe the Obamas. 
but it's it's a lot to negotiate. Yes. It really is. But yet, I feel like you're asking, would they make it absent? And we'll talk about this the the cheating, which I think is their demise. I I would have said I thought these two are would are Absolutely. a good example of of the balance of figuring it out uh, in a way that I thought would argue yeah. in favor of them making it because uh, yep. they also have the passion, they have the mutual respect, they seem to be balancing their competing careers. They're not when she takes charge in those things. He yeah. he's fine with it, you know. And when he needs to be in charge, she's supporting him. I I would have said this was a based on what we see here that this was a good example of someone who has a chance, well, who has the potential to make it. I don't think that's. I think that was a symptom and not a problem. Um, of, but isn't that what did them in in the end? Well, I mean, is that why she got divorced? That I mean, I don't moment know. that she confronts him. Or, yeah. Although, I guess I didn't. I don't know about the time frame. My understanding was, is from real life. Yes. There was he was a no, serial no, no. Yes, cheater. Right, I yeah, understood that too. Which, but is it about? Did she find out and then was like, "That's it." I, I mean, I assume she she knew. I don't many know. Times yeah. All along. Um, right. I'm saying if you just took that out, I was I would look at them as like, well, this is a good example of working yeah, this balance well. But then, see, so there's a couple things you touched on there for me. Like one of them is that she is the only one trying to keep it together, right? She is the one who wants to do this show, you know, to be together and to spend time together. And he's yeah. the one who's not coming home. Yeah. Well, that was you know, the, yeah. Mm-hmm. The home yeah. thing. We need so to talk about that. She, she's yeah. the one who is, I think, doing a great job. And, and it has to be one person. It is often, you know, in my house, it's often me who is the one who's pull it, trying to, always trying to pull mm-hmm. it together. and Keep it together. That's not mm-hmm. to say my husband doesn't, he does his fair share, but I'm the one usually with that eye on the big picture of like, okay, this has been too long. It's been yeah. too long since we did, did this or gone here or done this. And so I'm the one who's always trying to keep an eye on that stuff. And she was too, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't. Yeah. We, we see at least in this movie, uh, a huge amount of, uh, how important it is for her, the sense of home. That is the theme throughout. We don't really, it doesn't seem to be something that he's focused on, but I mean, from the first night they're together or whatever, when he asks her what her ambition is, she says it is to have a home. And that is a theme that runs throughout. It's clearly the most important thing to her. And you're right. You don't see that from him from his side in fact as you point out he's actually not even coming literally coming home he's staying on the houseboat or whatever um and yeah and then we learn later that she actually says to you know the characters who play fred and ethel that she basically created this show and this set as a way for them to be together so she could have a literal home even at work um and that she felt like she wanted to work a place where she could work side by side with her husband and that she felt like maybe it was like a witch cast a spell and she'll 
be adored as long as she stays like on this mm. set that like, maybe it only works in this imaginary world. yeah world yeah and that moment when she is doing the laundry in the middle of the night and realizes that the tissue has different lipstick than hers she walks out in the rain and what is the shot they turn and they show her mm-hmm. staring at her home lit up with lights i mean you're right she that was a guiding principle for her and she tried i think to fight for it and you don't at least from the story that we see we don't see that from desi and that is where i think that's probably you're right that's the crack that's what she probably you're the cheating is Mm -hmm. just one thing of it but it was him not i guess appreciating or valuing the home that she was trying to create. Yeah, and I don't even know if it has to be. I think that is accurate, but I don't even think it has to be a place. It's a. I think. Yeah. yeah, Exactly. I mean, a figurative kind of home, metaphorical home, whatever. Partnership. You know, the value of Mm -hmm. the family unit, and. And I guess they had the partnership at work, but couldn't get that kind of partnership. Well, we didn't. She was really. I mean. It was more taking turns, which is a good part of partnership, but I don't know. You just, I guess the show was a a moment of home for them, right? They both, something they both fought for. Yeah. But otherwise, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's where I feel like they were united there very well and were, had the same agenda and fought in for the same things and were real partners there. In other pieces, it just it didn't, didn't pull, I guess, didn't translate. Yeah. And look, I mean, they were together for a long time, but yeah, mm-hmm. so yeah, twenty it years for I mean, for a long been... time. But I don't know. This is to me also the idea of you know toxic masculinity being just as uh, dangerous to men as it is to women. Who knows? Like if he was. We don't get his side. It really does seem to be more her story, even in the context mm-hmm. of their their partnership and their relationship, and certainly in the show. But who knows what he was getting shit from his friends? You know, why do you let her boss you around? Or yeah, or or this I'm is sure. what we do. Even you know, this is what we do. We just we're men. We we mm-hmm. you know have call yes. girls and it doesn't mean anything you're just supposed to have sex with a lot of people this is what it means to be a man right well and there are like talked about that scene with her in the bar with him and and him being second banana but i mean there was references to that but i am sure to your point that that was another thing he heard a lot you know or even when she came to the show his show and everyone yeah. wanted to take pictures of her i mean that's for the ego is hard to take and i'm sure he did get a lot of you know uh yeah your your second banana or whatever they said you know yeah so i don't you know i could could he have been a different more evolved man in 2021 i i mean it's possible it's possible but also this could be current times I mean, that's that's what's so... I mean, there were things in this that felt eerily current. As I was saying, like like that scene she has with the Hollywood producer who's sort of like, you know, you're washed up, you know, you're 35, but you're really 39. And she says, you think women don't want to see stories about themselves? 39-year-olds don't go to your movies? I mean, 
hello, that's mm-hmm. literally could be Reese yep. Witherspoon in a meeting right now. Uh, maybe not anymore, yeah. but I mean, that was her, you know, and, call to arms. Like, are you guys kidding Lopez me? Like, we, like, yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's like, come on. But that, you know, so he did find ways to, and who knows whether she said that at the time where he put that in, but yeah, some of these things Absolutely. But could be, Absolutely. could be happening um, now. I also loved the scene where she's talking to the young writer, the woman writer, Maddie. That was another one that felt very Mm -hmm. relevant. Yes. Right. And I watched the scene like five times and I still don't think I can even do it justice. It was just the volley of, again, the dialogue and also them jumping back and forth like what does this actually mean is this about the table is this about or the no this one was about the covering the eyes and uh, you know lucy is not going to mm-hmm. name five people or eight men's names and this is ridiculous and maddie says well i'm the lady fighting to make lucy smarter and she's like wait excuse me yeah. like lucy's not dumb and she goes on to say she's clever she always has a plan to overcome any obstacle. And Maddie comes back with, yeah, but oftentimes that obstacle is her husband's permission, which as far as what I do know about the show, it is often that like her husband says, don't do something. And then she went, goes and yes. do it, does it. And it's a screwball, funny thing. Yeah, but... It's like, yeah, how do I get myself out of the jam that I, and, and explain to Ricky why I, I did this. Yeah. But then Maddie goes on yeah. to say there's a new generation of funny women. They're smart and tough and they outsmart the men. Basically, like, you don't have to dumb yourself down just for the comedy, even though you're good at it. And <laughs> this, that was a great joke when she was like, oh, another generation, another generation. Maddie, you're like a great granddaughter to me from another generation. She's got the joke in, even even in this really serious moment of, of a fight. And she says, but Lucy and Ricky have to live in the reality, in a reality that accepts the physical laws of the universe. Now, she was talking very specifically about, yeah, but... About the scene. It just made me think of this I, same idea that we keep talking about. Like, can you be equal what does it mean and you know even when you're in a a matriarchal family in a patriarchal society what does you know can these two things ever really work together and how do they work together and it's a delicate balance that is you know you can blow on it and and the whole thing tips in one direction or the other so I, I thought that scene was there was it was just working on every level yeah, that really was. I mean, and then what about later when they sort of follow back up with it? I feel like when uh, her and Maddie are outside uh, right before sort of the final scene and and she's Lucy tells her, you know, I care about what's funny. I don't see myself caring about a woman's perspective for a new generation. You know, and I think she's sort of like, yeah. I, I heard what you said, but for me and what I do, yeah. like, I, I want to make jokes and I want, I care about what's funny, but I care about you. And, you know, so she was like, I hear you and I respect what you're saying, but ultimately, you know, I want to tell a good joke. And she, I think that was her way of saying, and, you know, male, female, whatever, like, I just yeah. want to be funny. I want to make people laugh. Um, but I liked the relationship between those two, the young writer and and Lucille Ball. And I, I, I thought that was a really, 
interesting part of it. I mean, more interesting to me than the Lucille Ball friction with the yeah. actress who yeah. plays Ethel. I don't I know agree. how you felt about that, but yeah, I was like, I oh, that right. One, I, yeah. That one I didn't love. I agree. It didn't speak to me. Yeah. It was a yeah. little more catty. But maybe that's just the way it was. That's reality, too. Not everybody. Yes. I yes. just love the idea that every single person playing can be like a, a, masters of the, a master of the universe. And that's how it felt with Maddie and Lucy, even though they were not equals. They were not in a relationship, obviously. But there did feel like she was the best. She's like, you know, you... I question your your comedic abilities. And she's like, no, you don't. Maddie says, no, you don't. That's why you're here talking to me. You think I'm the best writer here. And so mm-hmm. there was just this mm-hmm. feeling so in so many scenes and in so many of the points of conflict where you just felt like, okay, these, are the, these two are evenly matched in some way. Yes. Yeah. And I felt that with all of them, they're evenly matched. They're saying what they want yeah. to say. They're being very direct. Yeah. When people don't like things, they tell them, you know, and like, you know, even like, you know, Lucille sending in that food for, for the actress and her later being like, I mean, come on, you sent that in because I'm losing. She's like, all right, I'm a terrible yeah. lie. Yes, I did. Yeah. Like, there's no pretense. They all speak their mind. And I, I did. I really liked that, that too, the dynamic too. between all of them. I did too. Well, uh, so what else? Yeah. I think those are, I really, I was really surprised. I, I, I had seen some, you know, some mixed reviews, some good, some bad. I, I really did too. Really it was very surprising. I, I very much enjoyed it. I also, I don't know what it is, but anything that um, Jake, Jake Lacey, I think is his name. Um, he was the other writer, the other young writer. Shane, uh, oh, he was yeah, Shane uh-huh. on um, White Lotus. Man, I don't know what it is about him. I hate him, but oh, I love him. He's one of those people that you really <laughs> hate and don't even like the like the look of, and yet you're rooting for him a hundred percent. And oh, my and gosh. Nicole Kidman can do anything. In case we didn't, you know, have any doubt about that. Anything. So yeah, and that's so for I sure. just, this was very unexpected. I had no idea what a real life badass baller Lucille Ball was not that it just goes so beyond that she was the star of a show and or any of her producer credits I mean just what she did what she fought for who she was yeah on and off the screen and those visionary moments like we didn't touch on just the fact that that was amazing to me that she would just There'd, there'd be scenes and then she could just envision them like yeah. wait wait give me a minute like like some sort of otherworldly psychic ability yeah. to just see the scene and that just that to me I was like oh my god that's no wonder like the infamous scene of mm-hmm. the of stomping of the grapes I mean she figured it out like she that ability to see what's missing or to her yeah. almost like obsessive. That's what I was going to say. I, I can imagine that that's really hard yeah. as, you know, as her daughter yeah, or as her husband. Um, or as her yeah. co, uh, co-worker. Yeah. I mean, she was relentless. Yeah. But it's sort of that genius. That's what the people who have that, I mean, they, they may be labeled difficult, but yeah, I, mean, that's I know. A gift. But it's just, I think the question becomes and the interesting piece of it 
for me becomes when when is it if it's yeah. not in service of genius okay it's easy to say it's in service of genius but what if it's just in service of your own you know idea of yeah yeah perfect Compulsive process. <laughs> what you want executed yeah. on your you know in your daily life and, and oh when yeah do you let it go and when do you hold on to it because it it is important it does matter to you it's yeah, yeah no, no there's definitely a line and you don't know yeah it can drive people crazy and sometimes you make it better i mean he did say you made that scene yeah. like indisputably better or whatever but yeah. you know that's one example there's probably 10 more where right. it's like you just drove us all right. insane for three and, hours and right and, and is it that much better i don't know does it uh, the scene's better but would it have been totally fine otherwise right like yeah, yeah, exactly. It's such I, know. A, I mean, it's I know. obviously something I struggle but, with, as you know. And yeah, it's not a sign yeah. of a genius, Grant. No, 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 but like <laughs> in your own head. And, but to the point of, again, I think if it's even if you are a genius, the execution, I don't know that it matters to your kid or your husband or your whoever else is on the receiving end of. Yeah your obsessive perfectionism right it's not it doesn't make them feel any more loved yeah. or have any more time with you or anything else and or feel less criticized i don't know it's 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 hard i know i know it was very interesting though yeah so we were uh, yes pleasantly surprised very. by being the ricardos and now i want to deep dive into like I lucille know. ball i mean i want to like I'm going to go check out more things I other know, than just her astrological sign. Did you look up Jesse? Did, did you? Did you? March no, 2nd. Pisces. Was that a Taurus? Listen to me. March not. 2nd. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Pisces. Cusp. Okay. Pisces. There um, you go. I had to put it he, in. I did look up, though, that she got divorced right after the show ended. She divorced Desi and then was married, remarried within a year. So she was. Yes. Mm -hmm. She was doing all right. Leo's love, love. <laughs> she was doing all right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think that is the interesting thing is that no one's a victim here. I feel like everybody is both hero and villain, and no one is a victim. 